Hey. Hey. Promo code's Dangle. The website is manscaped.com. The benefits, 20% off and free shipping. Let's start the show. It's Friday. Woo! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Steve Dangle Podcast, powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. S-D-P-P. The Steve Dangle Podcast, with your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. So, so, I have to ask this question because I think it's, it's, it's a, it's a crazy thing that we're even having this discussion. It really is. Mm-hmm. But Jesse... How dare you and Drew? How, How dare, dare you Drew? and producer Drew put up a video on YouTube saying that John Cooper ruined Nazem Kadri's moment? Yeah. How dare the Jesse Blake Sports Report? Do you do you know you think it was off? Do you think it was too many men on the ice? I think it I think I think if anybody <laughs> ruined what we start with, right? If if, if anybody ruined Nazem Kadri's moment, it's Jared Bednar's terrible change. Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon's terrible Poor change. Poor leadership. You, th- you, you think it was too many men it on the ice? It was too many men on the ice. It was. By, if by, he had whole wheat pasta, he would have been on the bench. You did, You never seen <laughs> never seen a line change happen from over overhead where I that have. happens five times a game. But if you have possession of the puck and you have that many feet on the ice, and I believe there was 14 feet instead of 10, uh, you, you it's too much. There it's, was also seven Tampa Bay Lightning on the ice at the exact same time. They didn't have possession of the puck. I would like to thank John Cooper for ruining hockey next year. <laughs> Why did he ruin hockey next year? Uh, video the, review. This, this is how it works. Oh, they complained about it, and then there's review? Matt Duchesne uh, ruined hockey for a calendar year because of his stupid, shitty offside. Can you explain that one again? Because so, there are people that do not know that story. So he was offside by approximately 75 feet. Um, <laughs> more realistically, six. But, like, way... Anyone who officiates professionally should have seen it. It was not even close. Um, scores a goal. <laughs> Teams got upset. I'm pretty sure it was Avs versus Preds. Right. Which is funny because now he's on the Preds. Um, and then there were reviews that ruined the sport. It made goals impossible to cheer for. Mm-hmm. We still have the reviews, but... Now they're a little bit more under control because of the reviews and everything. So now, what do we get? What's the overcorrection? Do we get reviews for too many men? Is that going to be the overcorrection? Do we get officials calling too many men every second shift because that's how often it happens? Ooh, can't wait. Thanks, John. Thanks, man. Yeah, I think he appreciate ruined that. I, I, you guys, hold on, hold on. He, nothing's happened yet. No, nothing's no, even changed. You no. guys are like, oh, he ruined it. Been here too long, Adam. It's ruined. Come on, they don't, they don't change. The NHL year. doesn't change no. shit. They don't change anything. Mm. They don't change anything mm. unless it's like completely embarrassing to them. I can, ba- I can guarantee the NHL is not embarrassed by this. They don't give a shit. They don't care. Too bad. So suck it up. I think the rule is if you have, and this is what the spirit of the rule should be. I don't have the exact wording in front of me, but the spirit of the world rule should be is if you have possession of the puck, you should, you should have five people on the ice. And I'm not talking about, and I know they've talked about in front of the benches having like a thing where it's like a safe zone. So yeah. if you're on the ice in the safe zone, you're okay, which I'd so, be down with. So your understanding of the rule is that there should be five people if you're, if you're, uh, if you have possession. In of the possession puck. or somebody should be going off because the problem is it's puck. Possession, is it not? Jesse, the, are you bringing up one of the 19 Tampa goals that they've scored with too many men on the ice? No, no that, that's, that's what about is I'm not even going to go down that road. Well, I'm bringing up. Right. How is it irrelevant? I'm bringing it, it's, up. It's completely irrelevant. Rule 70 of the NHL book, which accounts for what kind of happened in the OT, with the OT okay. goal. So let's hear it. When a player is retiring from the ice surface and is within five foot limit of his player's bench and his substitute is on the ice, 
then the retiring player shall be considered off the ice for the purpose of Rule 70, leaving the bench. If you're within five feet of the bench, there is a grace period where you're off the ice. I agree so with that. That is in the rule book. So there was a, a goal that was called back. And if I'm not mistaken, it was the 2019 playoffs, Colorado versus St. Louis. And St. Louis was greatly favored at the time. They were out playing Colorado. Colorado had a goal called back because Landeskog was getting off the ice was not a part of the play. It was called back because he was offside because the mm. bench was technically inside the blue line. Yeah. Based on the rule that you just read. No. Well, how is he offside if he's not considered a player on the ice? Did they, did they consider him with outside of five feet? He was touching the bench. <laughs> I don't know. He was uh, so. Okay, and once again, here we are with the NHL rule book. I don't know which one's wrong, but yeah. it's one of them. But, I don't know. But guys, it would take five years to rewrite it. So why change it? Oh. <laughs> that, that's what they said. Now, oh. listen, it does. The, 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 the NHL, incongruencies sorry. do lead to discussions like this. Yes. And while I love and respect my friend Jesse and love and respect producer Drew, I disagree. I do. I, I feel like you think John Cooper was right. To be, a, well, because, to be a big baby. And listen, it's not like... And TJ, or TJ, uh, Steve brought it up um, that uh, I have a couple shows in a day. It happens. Um, uh, you know, there was the goal against the Islanders, I think, that yeah. that uh, went in that Tampa had too many men on the ice. Yep. Hey, here's the thing. That's wrong, too. Yeah. The people are like, well, you can't be okay with that. Who said it was? No, yeah. it's. It, I right. often go back to this. No, 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 no. no that's wrong, Two. Yes, we are on the same page. Yeah. Here. Do you see how? Well, I guess I guess what we're getting at is it's a little rich for John Cooper. Ah, uh, that's fair. Yeah, Lightning that's has gotten fair. away with it a million times, and I went as far back, and I've brought up this goal several times. But 2012 mm -hmm. Calder Cup Final. I I shan't get unbent about this. 2012 Calder Cup Final. Norfolk Admirals. Tampa's farm team. Coached by John Cooper. The goal was offside. The OT winner, the only goal of the game. It was a 1-0 uh, Norfolk win. Huge swing game. It's game three. They're up 2-0. Marlies, they take one there. We have a series. Hmm. Norfolk, they score. It's over. The series is over. The goal goes in. It's offside. We know it was offside because the AHL, after the game, said it was offside and apologized. For getting the call wrong, you know, John Cooper saying we should still be playing. They didn't replay that over time. So it happens. It does happen. Yeah. It does happen. That doesn't mean, though, that I feel like it was the correct thing to happen. And, and listen, I agree with the whole thing that game's over. You're not going to go replay it. I get all that. I do feel like if we have, if we're going to look at these pictures, maybe... Is it fair to say we can all agree that maybe some clarity on the rule could could help a little sure. bit more? Yeah, well, or the clarity on how it's called? Way too because it wasn't five feet. How right? many? Right. No, but how many times do we, as a show, encounter a play or a goal or or anything where the vast majority of fans, mm -hmm. like hardcores, the people who would our, listen to a hockey podcast? Yeah, the people who listen to a hockey podcast are hardcores. The people who would be in the Discord for a hockey podcast are hard, 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 hardcores. And the vast majority of the hardcores are like, I don't know what the rule is. Yeah. I don't know. I don't <laughs> even know if I should be upset. Like, it'd be better if we could just go hellfire and brimstone. This is outrageous <laughs> that they would miss this. No, we don't even know. Right? So, but hockey is, hockey and lacrosse are unique in the sports world where uh, I, I told this story on the stream, and I think it got rudely interrupted by a goal, but uh, you know, I'll tell it briefly here. Family friend from Scotland, I took them to their first ever hockey game. They'd never watched one on TV, online, nothing. It was a preseason game, Leafs and Habs. What was the most confusing part to him? Offside? Wasn't offside. I don't know. Wasn't icing. Hmm. Wasn't the penalties either. Those were all relatively easy to grasp. The first thing he noticed is... They're just, they're just allowed to swap players mid-play. So hockey is a unique beast uh, in, in that way. And mm -hmm. we're always, if we're going to call 
a penalty every time there's more than five skaters on the ice, we have a problem. That's right. true. Okay. That that that's, I had two really big gripes with the whole thing, the whole situation that happened. One being that we shouldn't act like it doesn't happen every game all the time. Mm-hmm. All like there's the very time. there was very Great. smart hockey people on Twitter covering their eyes, acting like they've never seen a line change like this ever. And that that was, I think, a little disrespectful to just the the intelligence of people who watch hockey. Two, John Cooper decided to make that entire OT goal about himself and the team. He ruined what we should have come in here. The first 10 minutes of this podcast should have been a celebration of Nazem Kadri. Yep. Mm-hmm. We should have been here from the journey, from getting suspended to the injury, to coming back, to Kane hit something, then he has surgery on his thumb, then he comes and he scores an OT goal winner! In the Stanley Cup final. Dutcher put his team on 3-1! His first Stanley Cup final game. We should have been celebrating Nas. And now we're here talking about this coach who decided to make it about himself and because he wanted to have a two-minute rant in front of the media. And now nobody's talking about what a great moment that is for this kid. Not even a kid. This, this man. And is the, probably the defining moment of his career after 2009. That's overshadowed by a non-controversy because that's what it is a non-controversy what did we say it's not you're not reversing the goal you're not taking back the win what you're saying is irrelevant because the nhl is doing nothing about it because they don't care the nhl doesn't give a shit and as a neutral observer of that game if we're going to complain about every non-call uh colorado has the right to complain about both teams the amount of stuff that and you knew you knew it's Kelly Sutherland and Wes McCauley, two of the oldest that you say most experienced, two of the oldest officials in the league. They're not calling anything. It's the Stanley Cup final third period. They're not calling anything. Tampa took advantage of that the most, and one of the most egregious missed calls in the game was a trip against Nazem Kadri. Yeah, in the offensive <laughs> zone, and he just sort of got up like. All right. And like he learned one thing I, I will say he has learned uh, over his career because as established, he's a grown man now. Um, just don't complain about it. That's the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to change Listen, anybody's mind. Sports aren't fair. We do our best, but they're never going to be fully fair. I think there was like 82 egregious calls that were just not called. They didn't call anything in the third period. But the other little thing I would like to throw to you, Jesse, why should John Cooper give Nazem Kadri his moment? He's trying to win. He doesn't have to. No, he can do this. If he thinks this is the best way to motivate his team, go ahead. I'm just going to call you out for it. Hmm. Because I I don't think you're right at all. And I think you're being a little bit of a baby. Absolutely. I agree. (laughs) I didn't understand why. I've been been trying to figure out for the last 48 hours a better word than baby. But I couldn't do it. I, I liked that. Well, I liked. I didn't like. But over time, I've grown to appreciate it. If he was actually going for something. If he was going for, all right, I'm just going to ruin the narrative or I'm going to completely change it. Instead of being like, there were too many men. He goes, you'll see. Yeah. You'll see when you watch Coyness. it back. It's like, it's like I'll talk to you tomorrow. What did they call that back Come in the day? On. Vague booking? When you put up a vague Facebook status? Been and then a, it'd be like. Been a tough day. Yeah, been a tough day. <laughs> Don't talk to me today. Like, <laughs> fuck off. What do you mean? Don't talk to you today. Now I gotta. T- now I gotta find out because I'm nosy. I, you know, I Mike, think- Mike Stevens in the front row. I'll talk to you about it tomorrow. Yeah, like, come on. Yes. No. Now I want to say big shout out to Mikey Stevens eighty one on Twitter, who uh, he and his fellow uh, fellow man at uh, the hockey news, Stephen Ellis. Stephen Ellis checked the the actual checker the the um, the computer. The game sheet. Game sheet, and it had six abs listed on the ice at the and it time. And it wasn't even the right six. Yeah. I know. It, which it, is it, kind of so those, those game sheets are computer generated. Yeah. It's not by a human. So right. it got it wrong. No, it was totally. Well, <laughs> and then they corrected it. Oh, no. Yeah. Now there's only five. And I'm like, but wait, one of these five isn't Nathan McKinnon. Right. It wasn't even the right people. He's the only relevant one in this conversation. Was, he was, was so never. He, when it was six or five, he was never one of the six. The NHL does nothing right. I want to say this about <laughs> I want to say this about John, uh, uh, John Cooper. Uh, John Cooper, I, I know that, Steve, you would have had more respect for it if he had done it intentionally. The guy was heated, yeah. but he has done what he has done, whether he intended to or not, he's done what a coach after a game like that needed to do, which is shift the narrative. Not a single person is talking about what is going to happen tonight in Colorado. Yeah. No one is talking about how in front of the best fans this postseason, and they are Colorado Avalanche fans, 
the best fans in the league, the loudest building in the league. He's got to go in there and try to squeak out a game so he can go home and try to squeak out another one. Good fucking luck, man. But nobody, do you see an article? Do you see a tweet? Do you see The cup is going to be in the building tonight. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Get awarded. 100%. They've taken it out of uh, Chris Johnson's dad's place in Coburg. Yeah. Which is where it was sitting before. Yeah, they lo- they lost it. They he lost it. Didn't yeah. bother to correct him. And then, I get it. <laughs> and, then, and then they're bringing it to... I just... I have to say, it's a smart thing to do. And you're right, Jesse. I think we do need to talk about um, Nazem Kadri. Because there's a, no. there's, a, there's a warm feeling you get as a Leafs fan. Mm. Yeah, I think there's a warm <laughs> way, feeling you get when, when, when Nazem Kadri <laughs> comes back from something like that. This is the thing, right? I will maintain this till the day I die. The Leafs had to trade Nazem Kadri in that yes. situation. There's yep. a lot of revisionist history. of If that trade had gone well for the Leafs, let's say the Leafs got... Miko Rantanen in that trade. Nobody's bitching about that trade, right? Can you imagine? But because you ended up with fucking Tyson Berry, who was a total non-fit after they tried to trade him to Calgary for TJ Brody, who would have been a fit. I think there's a lot of of people going, well, the trade didn't work out, so therefore we never should have traded him. No, the Leafs lost. They played 14 games. He played in three of them. Yep. Uh, against I believe, Boston. I believe that was the case. Yeah, no, you're right. And, so, and, and got kicked out of two of them. Yes. Yeah. And remember, he finished and everybody, one. And nobody wants one. to talk about this. Did he not get suspended last year as well? Yes, he did. Yep. He finished in his last 14 playoff games with the Leafs. He completed one of them. So, one. so at a certain point, it's kind even of though you built your team to be three centers deep, you wanted Matthews, you wanted Tavares, you wanted Kadri. That was the plan. You ended up with Kerfoot, who's been okay. Kerfoot's been a fit for three years. Like, he's had a role in the lineup. I have the Kadri stat wrong. Whatever. He played less than half. The point is, the point is, the Leafs kind of were left with no choice. If they'd held on to him, there would have been a lot of questions about that. And imagine he goes and gets suspended a third time, which he did. Right? I think two things can be true. So, for every Leaf fan that's like, oh, they they never should have traded him. Well, yeah, you could say that now. Right. But give me a fucking break. They never should have traded him for the guys they should have. If he got suspended did. three games or three playoff series in a row, you'd be just as mad as everybody else was. But that doesn't mean that we don't support Naz. And I remember at the time, I remember going, God, it sucks because I want him to be here and I know yes. he can't be. Yeah. Like, I loved being a Maple Leaf more and than we, anything in the world. And we loved him. Yeah. Everybody, League fans love Nazem Kadri. Mm. And so it's great to see him do what he's done, right? Like this, this season that he's put together is amazing the playoffs that he's put together the adversity that he overcame in the second round the the injury at the end of the third round the fact that he is back in and of course he has to score the overtime goal it's too it's too good and i was listening to the chris johnston show with cj and julian mckenzie uh, was chris upset about not having the cup in his house anymore he was because he did he by the way everybody just wanted to know that chris chris had it at his house sure did in Coburg. but Nas, like i was i was talking about it before the game i'm like okay so let's try to think about this. His right thumb is injured. That's his top hand. Stick handling is going to be impossible, and shooting is also going to be difficult. What does he do? <laughs> Drags backhand to forehand, and then, as CJ pointed out, he like chopped it. Oh yeah, like it's a, it's a, it's a like how do you read that as Andre Vasilevsky? Because who shoots like that? Oh, that's a good question. You know what I mean? No one, ah, no one does that on purpose. Yeah. Went he in. didn't even really know where he shot the puck because he didn't know it went in. Kaylee <laughs> Simply from Sportsnet on the social team got unreal footage from the corner of mm-hmm. Nazem Kadri himself basically swearing, going, Rah! because he thought he had been stopped. Yeah, he was looking down at the pads at Vassy to see where the puck was because he didn't know it was up at top in the net. Did you see my call? No, I haven't seen your call. No. I was so confused because oh, yeah? the where the puck should have been been going it was a goal mm-hmm. and then i don't see it the players aren't celebrating and i'm like i, I something glitched in my feed then i don't know what happened and then the second i see the replay i'm like oh holy shit they won the game yeah i had the i had the same reaction of when he shot it i was like oh that's a goal it went in where'd it go though that's the, where the puck was going but then the puck wasn't there and then uh my favorite part of that little sequence was the clip that was floating around of Steven Stamkos. What was it? I didn't see this. After game three? No. Steven Stamkos was the one who pulled the puck out of the net. And a lot of people... (laughs) It's not true, but a lot of people tried to create the narrative that he was trying to hide the puck. 
and that he threw it out and that he was trying to pretend it never went in. But it's not true. He just covered the puck and he pulled it out of the net. If he pulled that <laughs> off, I would respect it. Oh, yeah. If he, with a million cameras, like 20,000 spectators, yeah. He yeah. hit an OT goal. <laughs> Heist of the century. Move over Seth Rollins. Yeah. So that's, um, I don't... Uh, yeah. It was it was a fake narrative, but it was very funny didn't that he Fred, had to be the one to pull it out of the somebody net. do that to the Avs? Because they have like a puck. Was it the Lightning? Somebody... I forget who it was. At Lightning or Avs. But in this series, one of these two teams collects the game puck. Every time they win and they want to collect 16, obviously, yeah. right? But somebody else, I think it was... Oh, probably Corey Perry. Like, No, no. I think it was one of the goalies. It might have been Kemper. Oh, really? And I think he threw it into the crowd, but I think it was, in, it was in Tampa in game three, right? That they won their first game or game four? Game three. Th- this happened this... I'm pretty sure it happened this playoffs? series. Yeah. Where yeah, they yeah, threw yeah. it. So the goalie had this it. This happens every year. So the goalie had it and he threw it into the crowd, but then it was in Tampa. So I think Tampa got it back if I got my information correct. And so they've put it back into the dressing room. I believe So they found found on the camera who got the puck and they're like, hey, can we have that back? Isn't that hilarious though after the game? uh, Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I want to say it was like Chris Pronger was like, no. No, it's mine. Somebody tried to do it to Austin Matthews too on on his four goal game. Pretty sure. Really? I thought so. Yeah. And (laughs) uh, there was... Can you imagine like, fuck you, Rook. (laughs) <laughs> didn't matthew kachuk have to chase down brady kachuk to get up did he i or, That's or vice versa you guys have told like eight vague stories yeah sorry <laughs> oh you're a vague story i don't i can't remember <laughs> shit you know that you know you i'm pretty sure that's like dudes at bar conversation is they'll just name a random athlete oh yeah darren helm you remember that cup run yeah oh uh, man hey max <laughs> talbot Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. cup run, man. Uh, yeah, I could do that for fourteen <laughs> hours straight. Could you? Yes. That's when I know I'm not connecting with someone when we have to revert to that. I'm like, ah, well, this is it's probably not a friendship here. Um, you know? <laughs> um, um uh, or Timmy Panarin. No, I know. What about? What Listen, about? it's the anniversary yesterday. So Did what happens? Uh, what ha- what happens know. tonight? Well, we'll find out, uh, and you can bet that in a second. But what do you guys think happens tonight? I think. Tampa wins a game in Colorado. Oh! And much like in 300, a man who fancied himself a god feels a very human tingle down his spine. Because can you... Now you're Colorado. Who is Xerxes? Colorado? Is Colorado the avalanche Xerxes? I haven't decided. I think... No, it's it's Colorado. Is it Kale McCarr? It's... Specifically? You know what it reminds me of a little bit is... uh, the Raptors and Warriors, because Raptors were up 3-1, and we're all like, this is great. And then the Warriors in Game 5 win in Toronto, and we're like, oh, we're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> I was there. Yeah. It was the Kevin Durant game yeah. where he came back. Yes, it was. We all thought it was over. Actually, the Raptors had a shot at the buzzer to win the game. People forget that. Kyle Lowry in the corner hit the side of the backboard. No. Would have won no, the, the Raptors only won by mistake. Yeah. Every American <laughs> basketball fan ever. No, but uh, we all... Every Raptors fan thought the same thing when Durant game was in six. Oh yeah, no. Dur- Dur- so that was game five. But every Raptors fan saw- thought the same thing during game six. We lose this game. Yeah. we're probably not winning seven. Yeah. yeah, there's no way. So there's a very interesting mental game here, um, and we're about to see what Colorado is made of in, Jesse, in that regard. Who do you have? By the end of this weekend, we're going to come here on Monday, and Steve, you better get your wallet ready. You're going to be buying me donuts. Oh! Yeah. Whether it's in five... What? I don't even remember the bet. Uh, Just Colorado versus uh, Tampa. It was both of you, actually, because both of you picked Tampa. Did I? Yeah. Yeah. I don't don't recall. (laughs) Okay. I don't recall. Check the tapes. I don't recall. Um, Yeah, by the end of the weekend, I think it's either five or six. Colorado's going to close it out. I don't... I, I, I predicted... Colorado in seven, but it'll probably be six. Colorado. It'll be over. Okay. Colorado closing in Tampa. I see. I listen. I think they I'm part won of that last game in I'm, Tampa. I'm I part know. Of the, I'm part but... of the donut bet. Uh, yeah. I think it ends tonight. It's over. I think it's over tonight. Did nobody watch overtime? Overtime yeah. was ridiculously on tilt. Yeah. Tampa was the better team for the first shift. And, uh, <laughs> That's true. And they scored. <laughs> it reminded me a lot of... That's uh, a good way to put it. Yeah. Uh, I uh, It was either game three or four. 
versus the Oilers where McDavid scores first shift and you're like, all right, the series isn't over yet. Yeah. And then Colorado's like, well, it is the though. And just completely fucked them up. Are you ready for some breaking news as of this show? Ooh. Uh, chances are by the time you've heard the show, you've heard the breaking news, but we hadn't. And I am very proud of this. Okay. Gentlemen, let me ask you a question. Let's rewind to the 2021 playoffs. What sticks out to you about the 2021 playoffs, not including the Leafs falling apart? Oh, um, the magical run of the Montreal Canadiens. What did the Montreal Canadiens look their best throughout that run? When? When? I would say... There was moments. Jesse knows what I'm talking about. He knows where I'm going with this. <laughs> There's a man that Adam <laughs> hates more than anybody in the world. I don't I hate don't this man. I don't know why he's his arch nemesis, I don't but hate he is. Man. I don't hate this man. He's a good man. <laughs> no, it's not out of hatred of Dominic Ducharme. It's out of respect for Luke Richardson. Correct. Who is officially the head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks. Really? I had no idea that... Um, what's his face? Who's their interim head coach? Uh, guy. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, let's put yeah, some I'll be honest with you. There have been other stories out of Chicago this year I was a little more focused on. I completely. Derek King. Thank you. Derek King. I, I always Formerly. thought that Derek King was their head coach. I didn't realize I he, was, interim either. he was interim. I, that they, Andrew that Burnett spot was too. open. <laughs> Andrew Burnett. Yeah, well, Florida. Andrew Burnett, that's a whole other thing we discussed. But like, he was, he didn't have the job this well, whole time. I mean, they were cucka. They were, they're cucka inside and out. Wow. Hope, wow. They're hoping to decuckify themselves. I now, don't like your okay. pronunciation of cucka. Uh, so Richardson played 1,400 NHL games, was drafted by the Leafs, I think ended his career with the Leafs. Eight years as an NHL assistant and four years as the AHL head coach. I, he was my pick to be Montreal's head coach. Marty St. Louis has been a great fit there. But the best the Montreal yeah. Canadiens looked was when Dom Ducharme had to sit out because he tested positive for COVID. Now, that's unfortunate circumstances, and you know, obviously you don't want that. But you have to say, this guy, this is a, this is a person that, if, finally, it's like a little bit of new blood, but really not really. Well, high, highly respected coach, and he's had a long road, uh, really earned his coaching stripes. He's had some personal tragedy as well. And uh, nice to see him rewarded, you know? And mm-hmm. like with with the Blackhawks, I mean, that's a culture thing and the head coach is obviously part of rebuilding and fixing a culture but uh, it goes a little bit above his head so let's not lay all that at luke richardson oh i team. certainly wasn't i hope you don't think no no, no 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 okay. i don't i i'm his his job though is herculean he has to make the chicago blackhawks i I, good. I don't think the montreal canadians dominate vegas i don't know if they beat vegas if luke richardson isn't the coach man vegas look like shit but i think he he maximized what Montreal was. Like, you go back and watch that series, honestly, like, nobody thought going in that Montreal stood a fucking chance there. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. that team, boy, they played great under him. You know what Chicago needs? A goalie. Yes. <laughs> so now I'm doing the wrong thing that everyone does when a new head coach gets hired <laughs> who's had success in the past. I go, all right, who plays who? On the other team. Well, Chicago doesn't have a carry price, so let's get rid of that. Mm-hmm. I don't think they have a Shea Weber either. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Leafs signed their Philip Deneau and David Camp. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Norris. Uh, not Norris. Selkie vote getter David Camp. Right. Um, that's a real, that's a thing that <laughs> happened. Can I read, Adam in particular, mm-hmm. I want to read both of you, but Adam in particular, this paragraph from Eric Engel's on Richardson, Luke Richardson, not becoming the Montreal Canadiens head coach. Mm-hmm. To Merrick Angles. Had Richardson met the prerequisite of being able to communicate in French, he'd have been the log- logical choice to replace Dominic Ducharme behind the Canadiens bench in February, especially after he helped the Canadiens pass, uh, guide, guide the Canadiens past the Vegas Golden Knights and through the first couple of games of the 2021 Stanley Cup Final in Ducharme's absence due to COVID-19. Because he didn't, and still doesn't, the Canadians have been expecting other teams to come calling uh, to potentially offer him an opportunity to run a bench elsewhere. This was obviously written yeah, before yeah. he got the job today, and then he did get the job in Chicago. 
So, well, that's good. What are your thoughts on that? I think, I think, okay, so we've talked about this before, and there's a lot of cultural sensitivities that you have to uh, tackle when it comes to mm -hmm. Francophone versus Anglophone in Quebec. It's very, and it's unfortunate yeah. right now, especially because it's very versus rather than very together. It's super it, anti-Anglo. And, 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 it's, <laughs> and it's hard, it's hard as an Anglo to understand unless you grow up in it. Yeah. Uh, and it's hard as a Franco to understand the Anglo point of view outside of it because they feel like their culture and their language are being taken away from them uh, by virtue of the fact that a, a lot of the world, uh, the, a lot of the world's basic language is English. It's like, I speak, this is my home country's tongue, but I also speak English. I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, fr I'm from India, but I speak English. I'm from China, but I speak English. And, and so imagine being in a country where it is a dual language and they want to protect that. So there's that part of it. And there's a lot of Montreal Canadiens fans and people who are, uh, 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 from Quebec, who look at the Montreal Canadiens is like we. This is a French representing club. It's part of the it, fabric. It represents the, the yeah. nationhood, which they've been granted nationhood of francophonage. In I don't know if that's the right word, but francophones in Canada. That's the sport representation of it. So from that perspective, I can understand the problem that it presents is that you can run into situations where you're limited and you have to hire Michel Therrien twice and. You know, right? Yeah. And and it doesn't mean that there isn't a, a mountain of crazy talent coming out of Quebec when it comes to hockey. But if you can imagine Ontario, which is, what are we, 14 million of 36 million in this country? Something like that. Imagine, imagine the Leafs said to you today, we are only going to hire from Ontario. Only people from Ontario can work for the Leafs. You'd be like, that's really dumb because you want to get the best person available, not... Not the person even, who's from that particular location. Even though the pool is large, yeah, it right. should be bigger. It should be as big as you can get it. But again, Leafs and the Habs are not the same. Right. It's a what different if thing. we said we're only going to build a roster of former Sioux Greyhounds? <laughs> and then we end up with the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, you're probably losing the first round. I don't know. No. <laughs> I don't know. I no. don't know that. You know, someone's going to clip that. You're going to be in trouble. I don't know. Uh, well, break it. The Leafs we, just acquired Darnell Nurse. If we <laughs> if we ever have Kyle Dubas And they got on, Nick Ritchie back as well. I don't know if they, Kyle Dubas would ever do this show. He only tends to do Overdrive and whoever's doing Afternoons at 590. But if we ever get that chance to have him on the show, we got to yeah. give him tease him The Leafs that. told me that they don't do podcasts, which was very annoying uh, because like a month later they did a podcast. So uh, hopefully that was a while ago. Hopefully so they don't do this podcast. Tune. Is that what they're saying? Uh, that's the way I interpreted it, Adam, but we'll, we'll try again. You know what? I won't take it personally. Yeah. Anyways, the, the Francophone thing in Montreal, it's a thing. Like I respect the idea that they want a French, a, a coach who can speak French to represent them. Yeah. Julian McKenzie. I don't know if it's a clip on our channel, but uh, he had a, really uh thoughtful like mini essay on it and cj sort of turned the microphone over to him because i mean julian has a very is julian thoughtful yes hmm. he, but he, he has a unique perspective that we don't have of course where you know he lives there and i don't know if julian is francophone or not he speaks french he speaks french but that yeah. doesn't make him a francophone right right, right right it's and that's very different like if i spoke french uh, people in Quebec would not be like, ah, one of us. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Because I'm not, I'm an Anglophone, literally an Anglophone. My, I have family from England, you know? So it's, it's a little different. French speaking versus Francophone is different. So then I remember part of the conversation being, okay, is it necessary that you speak French or be, francophone. be, a, be a Francophone? Clearly, it's, it's, clearly it's not be a Francophone. Right. It's clearly just, and you know what? I don't know how long Luke Richardson was in Montreal. And I know as a head coach, you don't have a lot of time or as an assistant coach, you don't have a lot of extra time. But if you know that and you want the job, you're going to have to learn. To speak Are you it. telling him to get Duolingo? I'm telling him that what's the other one? It's Duolingo and the um, oh. uh, the uh, the the stone, the uh, Rosetta, Rosetta stone. stone. Rosetta stone. You won't believe it. Just five short weeks, I learned to say several <laughs> sentences. Are you saying last off season he should have fired up Rosetta Stone? I mean. <laughs> If you want to be, listen, for, like it or lump it, you want to be the coach of the Montreal Canadiens, learn fucking French. You, yeah. You, you need that guy. That's, that's what it is. It's kind of, it's you can disagree. Wrong. You can disagree with it. You can say it's wrong. I think Randy Cunnyworth, I'm not sure Randy Cunnyworth, when he was the coach, spoke French, and oh. that was a fucking disaster. And the whole time he was there, everyone was like, boo. <laughs> 
we cheer for your inevitable failure. Go away. And then he did and never came back. That's right. So I think, I think, listen, it is what it is. Whatever side you fall on. To me, it's sort of like that is the policy. So that's what you got to do. Marty St. Louis came in and did a great job. So you're good. Luke Richardson, it's good to see him get uh, a shot at this because I actually think this guy is one of those next up and coming coaches. I really think he is going to be able to get a team that, and, and no offense, Canadians fans, but outside of Shea Weber and Carey Price, that wasn't, first off, it wasn't a team that was used to its full potential, you know, scratching Cole Caulfield and, and letting in. They should have swept the Leafs. No, but I mean, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Like, they yeah. just never, but look at how terrible Cole Caulfield did until literally the coach was fired this year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was so it's, weird. It's like, it's, it's like his career took off again when, when Ducharme was gone. I think it's like when Bruce Boudreaux told Brock Besser to shoot. I think Luke Richardson's going to be the kind of guy who gets a system in place where he's going to be able to maximize on outside of Patrick Kane, a minimally talented roster, especially if that roster no longer includes the Brincat. I think that's the big uh, complication this summer. Is Chicago trades both those guys. You think Kane will get traded? Kane and Taze, yeah. And let Shitter get off the pot. I, who's going to trade for Taze's deal? Half it, maybe? Uh, it's only one year left. Yeah, but it's like ten a, and a half million. Yeah, but you you add that at the deadline, so the remaining cap's um, going to be like three million. Bucks maybe you for could the retain. Rest of the year. Could yeah. be difficult. It's going to be no money. Yeah, it could be difficult to do, but I like if you're Chicago. I almost feel like that needs to be a priority. Shit or get off the pot or extend. Mm-hmm. Don't put, don't do I that. always say this. Don't put your fans through this. Don't make them wonder. Yeah. If you're going to do it, do it. Let them, let them commit to the Jersey they want to buy this year. <laughs> yeah. I, I said that with line a, and then, uh, the, the jets and the blue jackets were able to move on mm-hmm. from, you know, uh, contentious situations. And now the jets, um, well, they're back in one. Yeah, so I, that's actually a great segue. <laughs> Pierre-Luc Dubois, and this was broken by Elliot Friedman, uh, Murat Attes in uh, in Winnipeg does a great breakdown mm. of this for The Athletic, as he always does. Um, uh, he, um, Pierre-Luc Dubois, has said to the Jets, I'm going to test free agency in 24. And I thought it was interesting that he did it this early. Yeah, I don't know if you've all looked at your calendars recently. What year is it? It is 2022. How long ago is the? How, how long before the summer of 2024 hits? Uh, two years. <laughs> it's a super weird thing to say, man. It's a really it's it's tantamount to a trade request. I don't even know, and I don't know what the rules are on this specifically. I thought it had to be one year out before you even began the discussions yes. on an extension. Yeah, he's not eligible to sign a new deal. Yeah. Well, maybe you can talk about it, but you can't sign it. Yeah, but I'm sure people break that all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and they probably say things like, so, in theory. Mm-hmm. like What would, are, in theory, that look like? What Allegedly. You, yeah, what are you thinking? How do you like it here? Etc. It kind of makes it worse. Like, imagine the Jets didn't just straight up ask, so what do you, you want to re-sign with us in two years? Is Well, uh, you know, hey, what are your weekend plans? Well, I'm not going to re-sign here in two years. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, <laughs> Can yeah. you imagine? Uh, man, it's that's a really tough one for Winnipeg because he was pretty good. That's a good player, man. Like, he got his career back on track and, you know, maybe... Yeah, he had a great year. This season was a big disappointment for the Jets, as Merritt puts puts into the article here. But I'm I'm curious about this in the sense that... Um, him him under Barry Trotz, I think, is an amazing fit. Yes, and, and, and so, like, especially... You know, and Shifley under Barry Trotz would be fucking hilarious. Well, um, but see, I think I think Shifley might offset on his, that. I think Shifley's on his way out. I think, I think he, he is out. too. But I, but what I want to ask here is: is this a negotiation ploy? Because I know it's a year like, out from being that, a negotiation. But that's what ploy. I mean: is that is that <laughs> are you are you able to? And this is just a thought. But are you able to by by putting that line in the sand? It's almost like. There was a, the, the guy that, this is going to sound, this is going to be a very Adam Wilde thing to say, but there's a type of negotiation called brinksmanship. And it was labeled after the Soviet leader who took over for Stalin. <laughs> and here's how he would start a negotiation. Who doesn't I'm, love Adam? Here's, way, here's what wrong. he would do. He'd sit at the, di- the negotiating table and essentially say, I'm going to fucking nuke you. Mm. 
So give me what I want. That's where he'd start. Most people start the negotiation. Well, well, if this, then this, then this, then this, you know, there's nukes in the future. He goes, I'm pressing the button. So what are we going to do here? Right. And I wondered if this wasn't the brinksmanship thing. This is where we stand now. Your job, Winnipeg Jets, is to turn your shit around, mm. put a good franchise on the, you know, show Pierre-Luc Dubois, your new number one center after Shifley goes, that, that this franchise is worth sticking around for long term. And then we'll talk. Here's, here's, I think, the key for Winnipeg Jets fans and, <clears throat> and management. Mm-hmm. Do not take anything that comes out of Winnipeg right now too seriously. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick had a great conversation on 32 Thoughts. This was months ago uh, about the Winnipeg Jets and the situation there. Mm-hmm. Some teams it seems obvious, had a particularly tough time of it with COVID. Sure. Not necessarily getting it or, you know, having to overcome it. Lockdowns, things like that. Lockdowns. Yeah. Some teams had a particularly tough time of it. Look at Calgary last year versus this year. Right. Mm -hmm. And, oh, they don't like each other and we're going to trade our, like our second best forward. And, you Mm -hmm. know, it didn't, didn't make any sense. Uh, Winnipeg hasn't had the success and there seems to be some friction in the room and there are a lot of question marks in particular with the head coach. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't take anything that's said too seriously because I think there's a lot of grumpy feelings there and guys who want to be traded guys who want to stay, but think they might be traded guys who think their teammate might be traded and they don't want to have to deal with that. And mm-hmm. I, I think things still need to cool down so a little there. Part of me wondered too, because he was essentially forced into signing because he's an RFA. He's essentially forced into signing that deal, that two year deal with the blue jackets, with Yarmo Kekalani. You remember that? So weird, he was yeah. like, uh, he's like, I don't want to be here. Or I do want to be here. Now I don't want to be here. And then he signs the two year, $10 million contract. Right? So he's got it. He's an RFA this year. He got 5 million. Five million a year. Good for him. I'm wondering if he gets, if he just doesn't want to be strong armed into a deal he didn't want to sign again. Possibly, because Muir puts together like a list here, and you know, like there, this could go to arbitration. Somebody could come in and they could offer sheet him. Uh, uh, he could he could sign long term in Winnipeg this season. Although you have to think, he probably wants a short term deal now and then long term deal later. Um, or he gets traded. I think it's a trade request, personally. Do you actually think that's what's going to happen? Oh, they, gave they up, don't have to. They gave up, gave up Line A and Roslovich for him. Oh, I know. I know. No, uh, like, the, the, I, this to me seems like a guy with no leverage trying to find it, and mm. it's not there. Like, because the hockey world isn't reacting like, whoa, something's about to happen. We're all like, that's weird of you to do there, Pierre. Wait, like, we don't... It seems like a strange thing to do, because it is. He's got two years left on his deal. No, no. No, he's two years left on restricted free agency. I'm sorry, I should have made that point, is that he is an RFA right now. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I made that mistake, too. I was like, wait a second, and then, yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. I thought everyone... So, he's, so, yeah, that's the crazy part. I made that mistake, too, and then I looked it up. He's got... He's got his deal is done. Oh, oh yeah. I was also. I thought he was. I thought he was too. That's what was so weird about it. So I guess it's sort of like. Oh well, then it is a negotiation test. It's literally too. Oh yeah. yeah. So he's negotiating a deal right now. To clarify the story, Miko Latin. <laughs> I should have looked that up. I don't uh, know why. It, I thought it was on a three-year deal for some reason, or four-year deal, or something. But well, I, don't I don't know. know. No, because I be. I remember reading about this and seeing people saying, "But he has two years left." That's stupid. Two years of control. Oh, I guess that's, is what we're yeah, doing. that's a little different. Yeah, this is different. So he's an RFA right now, mm-hmm. and he's saying, "I'm not signing long term." Then you just trade him. Do you trade him? He can put in a trade request. He's a RFA. You're already going to trade Shyth. Well, it's. I mean, at least he's being honest about what he wants. He doesn't want to. I don't think he wants to be here long term. Mm-hmm. Or the Jets have made him an offer, and it's poor. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's likely the case too. Right? Like, oh yeah, we're going to get him on a discount. Long term. No. So who knows? Maybe he was offered four, five, six, seven years. 
but it's roughly around what he's currently making. Mm-hmm. And no, that's that dude is a prospective 30 goal scorer in this league. Hard-nosed center, plays a good two-way game. Yeah, no, like that that dude he shouldn't really want to sign long-term unless he gets his number. Yeah. How how many uh, centers like that are available and when they hit UFA, they all make 7 million plus. Yep. Yeah, no, he's if if he's not getting his number he should hold out yeah and so it's not a weird tactic at all especially because of the franchise in like their state right now and what's happened over the last year it seems this franchise that's spiraling out of control but for winnipeg jets fans they should be very happy about all of the pieces they have because this can be a very quick turnaround if mm-hmm. if management does the right stuff kevin uh shovel day off does the right stuff with the team but like uh, i know this week frank saravalli added blake wheeler to the his trade bait board you know, potential uh, trade targets. So that adds like uh, Shifley, Wheeler, Dubois, like they could all be out the door. I think it's time for Shifley and Wheeler. Yeah, I think it's, it's time. It's like so, using a kettlebell as bait though. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know who's trading for that contract. Right. So there's a lot of options here for Winnipeg. And if, and if uh, PLD looks at the situation, he's just like, I don't, if you're not offering me a shit ton of money, I don't really want to play in Winnipeg with this franchise. That's, I don't know the state of it come September. So yeah. we'll see what uh, Kevy does and with the team, but Ooh, I, don't I don't like that. Kevy Chevy, yeah, it's shoveled nope. day off. Nope. So it's Kevy. Um, so <laughs> so so uh, Blake Wheeler's no move clause has been downgraded for the last two years of his deal. He makes eight point two five million a year, Oof. and Oof. Uh, he has no bonuses. So you have to. You have to it's full salary. Yeah, it's full salary. So. Now, certain salary years, like last year, he made ten million. This year, he'll make six point five. But next year, it's a flat eight point two five. So, uh, you would expect that if anybody does want to trade for that contract, they're probably in the upper tier of financial wealth mm-hmm. in the NHL. Um, he has a modified no trade clause, and that is it. Uh, What's the modification? He submits a five team trade list. Oh, so he can that's get it. Anymore. Just five teams. Yeah. Weird. Um, that like a Wheeler deal, I could see a teams like Pittsburgh or Boston, Pittsburgh, you know, going after that. And Jason Zucker many, didn't work out so well in Pittsburgh. Wonder if that's oh. how many years does he have left there? Two, two and on the he, deal. You know, in sixty-five bad. games last year, sixty points, hard-nosed guy, plays zero defense. I mean, I any, mean, at least the rest of Pittsburgh would play defense around him. Any high-scoring winger with flaws in their game. If you mention Pittsburgh, I'm like, well, <laughs> and that's been a constant for nearly 20 years. All right. Especially with the situation where you have Malkin potentially leaving, Latang leaving. Like, there's money. Wheeler and Malkin being teammates would be very interesting because they uh, hate each other. Yes. Um, so Malkin's leaving. Yeah. You'll remember <laughs> one of them injured the other. I don't remember who injured who, but mm. then in the return game, they fought. Oh. Uh Blake Wheeler is old enough to be a draft kick, a draft pick of the Phoenix Coyotes. He was a fifth overall pick. Yeah. of the Phoenix. Coyotes. What year? Oh, two thousand five. Close. Oh, four. Yep. Fuck. Pretty damn good, Steve. Thirty-five. Thirty-five. Yeah. yeah. Still scoring a lot of lots of points. Oh, yeah. Old. Real old as you and me, man. No, he's not. No, he's not. So if if your core is still made up of um the Kyle Connor, Ehlers, Mm -hmm. Appleton, the great Adam Brooks. I was like, what? You still got Connor Hellebuck. Uh Uh-huh. It's not a bad core. Nate Schmidt's still there, Josh Morrissey. And they got wow. They they got some young. Uh, sorry, I, I agree. I wasn't sure what that was either. I've been doing a lot of uh, talking, um, and they got um, guys coming too, like uh, Cole Perfetti. Like I, I'm just trying to say, there's not. It's not a wasteland for the Jets. No, like there's a lot there. There's a lot of pieces that can they can move out to be competitive this coming season. Like they could be a good team. I would call this an elevated tinker. Yeah, yeah, mm. and, and smart with it. No, like uh, teams that aren't doing so hot you go, okay, well, do you at least have stuff? Because mm-hmm. there are some teams that don't have stuff. Adam mentioned the Blackhawks. There's a team who has a little less. They don't really have stuff. No. 
No, but the, the Jets have the stuff. Jets have stuff. They have stuff. <laughs> no, no. You, can, <laughs> yeah, you go up. Yeah. Cal Corner is one of the best school goal scorers in the league. <laughs> yeah, they got stuff. Stop it. What? But I, I, I also think you probably could find somebody that needs a center in PLD if yeah. he really doesn't want to be there. And then stop. They have stuff. It's good. They're gonna get very drunk. I would. If you pass, press fast forward, hey. I don't blame you right now. Holy smokes. I do. It's very loud. Hey, uh, yeah, don't um, do that. Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny how um, the Ottawa Senators, who I maintain with zero proof, are going to get sold, uh, <laughs> have a deal as the preferred bidder for the LeBreton Flats project now? I mean, it seemed fairly obvious. What do you think was the sticking point? I, I Eugene Melnick had What his... do you think was the sticking point, Steve? Eugene Melnick. Uh, he had his number or whatever. He had what he thought was a fair deal. He thought he had what he deserved and he wasn't going to budge off it. And he didn't. Now, if and I now someone else is willing to budge off of it because it's not their number, is it? If I was keeping the team, I would do this. But if I was selling the team, I would even more want to do this because I told, as I said in the beginning of the week, you want this franchise to be valuable. The biggest hindrance to this franchise is where they play. Yeah. It's just, it sends fans it have sucks. the, it's the, the shittiest commute. I think Coyotes and Sens fans have the shittiest commute to their arena. Mm. Like they do. Like Coyotes fans have had to do several different places over the last few years. You know, uh, uh, the. Ottawa's a good city. Oh, yeah. Well, it's nothing wrong with Ottawa. D downtown Ottawa is yeah. a good city. That's the thing. Like, right. <laughs> Yeah, That's like the when thing. the Corral Center, when it used to be the Corral Center, when it was built, it was in a field by yeah. itself. Like when I went to the Junos and reported on the Junos there oh, for, wow, the for Junos. breakfast television. What year was that? That was uh, 2017, something like that. Was that the Canadian Grammys? Uh, the Canadian Grammys, yeah. Um, uh, I had to stay in a hotel next to the Corral Center. Is there anything to do, you ask? No, there's not even a restaurant. Couldn't do anything. There was nothing to do. There's some stuff now. But it's not like, it's not a community. It's a snore, is it's, what it is. Yeah. It sucks. And so if you're trying to, I mean, I, I don't know how this is all going to work with, you know, how that all gets passed down because Eugene has kids. Maybe, maybe they keep it. Maybe it's a, a Melnick family thing. Either way, to me, this looks like a, a, a for sure sale and you need to have this sorted out before you go trying to sell it because it adds tens of millions of dollars to the value it's an inevitability the oh, thing yeah. i would say though is the, the problem that you run into is if you do keep it in the family what can happen is that you know you've got multiple people in charge of the family trust and not everybody agrees on how that money should be spent and this and and the ownership group of the senators is going to have to spend money so if they if they were able to sell it, the new group would take over that same particular number, mm -hmm. obviously not Eugene's number, whatever it was, and they'd get it done. And I think you're going to need, to me, it seems anyway, you're going to need somebody with pretty big pockets. Like you look at the the cost of football stadiums now, and I realize that that's very different from a hockey play, uh, hockey arena. What was that? The Cowboys were obnoxious about it. They spent four billion. Mm -hmm. uh, what did the Rams pay two? Uh, I think. And, and what did it cost to get the Climate Pledge Arena done? Oh, in Seattle? I don't know. Just write a, an absurd amount of money that you can't fathom and it costs that much. The Rams were 5.5. 5.5 billion dollars! <laughs> yeah, because they, uh, they surpassed uh, AT&T Stadium. Uh, now, the again, Cowboy, the wow. Cowboys were 2. The Rams were 5.5. Uh, Climate Pledge was... Holy that was all private money too. The climate pledge, one point yeah. five billion okay. or one point one five. So here's what we know. Wow. For, it, it, the last estimates. This could be wrong, but the last estimates of the Melnick family fortune is somewhere in the neighborhood of two billion. Mm. So you're going to tell me that they're going to now? They are not going to be the only ones spending money on this, but they're going to spend one point five billion on an arena. One point one five. One point one five billion. They're going to spend half the fortune on the arena. I don't. Again, know. those numbers. That's not, that's not how it works. Well, and that's but that's my point is all that right. it's it's. A, I don't know that the pockets are deep enough there. I don't know. I don't know. Yes, just. I think it's going to be know. a sell here. And I think it's going to be quick. This LeBreton Flats thing happened like that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that was a real, in business terms, that's very quick. I think there's something, I think there's a reason we're not hearing stuff. Hmm. Interesting. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. There's no smoke out of Ottawa, which makes, makes me wonder. And you know what? 
to be honest with you. We don't pay enough attention to Ottawa on a regular day, but the reason we paid so much attention to them is there was so much smoke because everybody was putting out Eugene's fires. And now that that's not there, nobody's talking about it. Something's happening. No, something's happening. It's too quiet. Uh, speaking to locals, like it, it's sort of, there's a vibe of like, all right, freaking get on with it. Like hmm. LeBreton Flats has been preparing for this uh, for a very long time. It's the obvious conclusion of where the senators end up playing. Get it done. Get it done. It's way too big of a city with way too big of a surrounding area to not be a successful NHL franchise. Get it done as soon as possible. There it is. Uh, <laughs> Greg Wyshynski did a deep boo! dive. Sorry. Noted guy you should boo, Greg Wyshynski. Hmm. Uh, did a an article for ESPN on the NHL, the NHLPA, and their official NFT licensing deal. Oh, did he? And I just thought, so Sweet is the company. It's going to launch next year. And it will bring together the NHL, the NHLPA, and the NHLAA, which is the Alumni Association. So oh. it will be former players as well. Um, and they're going to, they say that we're looking forward to promote games like never before. Uh, there will be gamified collection experiences, 3D interactive trophy rooms, uh, dynamic NFTs designed to change based on current team data. Um, and I guess they're going to have quests and challenges as well. I have to be honest with you. I don't get any of this. Sometimes uh, we're at this age where we don't want to admit we don't get something lest we sound old. I don't get it. I don't get it either. I don't get it. I uh, And that's okay. Yeah. It's okay that I don't get it. I don't get it. Do you get it? I, I will see what the NHL does. Old! I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if, what's going to come of this. <laughs> it's this they, seem to, be, they seem to be jumping on a fad that's fading yeah like it's, I, it's like i don't get it <laughs> i don't get it man we'll oh. i don't get it i don't think the majority of the how many members what percentage of the alumni association you think gets it they like, get, they get by the money. Way, how many of them you think look at their phones like this? They I also money. think it's okay to not get things right away and take some time to try to understand. We'll see. There are NFT people. Uh, and they said, and, and the, uh, the quote is, for those people who say, ha, NFTs, we don't believe in that. We spend a lot of time speaking to people in the space and they say the same thing. There will be short-term volatility, but longer-term NFTs are absolutely going to be here and be a viable means for building consumer products. Sure. Now, if I ran an NFT company, that's what I would say, too. I wouldn't be like, ha, this is bullshit. Look at this bullshit. You know, so, I mean, whatever. I, <laughs> the way I'm trying to look at life now is like, if it's, if, if it, if I don't, I don't have to get it. It doesn't have to be for it's me. It's just, just going along, rolling with the punches, that's whatever what comes is, my way, right? you know. I'm just going to chill If this up. is the future, I'll be there. If it's not, I won't. I don't know. There are plenty of things that have, <laughs> that I didn't get that ended up being successful. What, like what? Twitter. You didn't get Twitter? I didn't get You're Twitter. You're good at Twitter. Well, now. Really? I, did, I didn't get it at first. I, was like, I had I Twitter in high school. Fuck off. Fuck, fuck you. <laughs> I, like, had, I think I had my first Twitter account in like grade 10. I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat you up. I hate him. I'm gonna, oh my god! My I first, was, oh my I had god. two Twitter accounts. My first one was at my first station at the Bounce, and then my second one was when I came to Toronto. And my my I I, I gave up a lot of celebrity follows because back then everybody followed everybody. So I remember I had Oprah and Eli Manning following me, and I Oprah thought that was me. Oprah followed me. And then, you get a follow. You yeah. get a follow. Everyone gets a follow. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. So it's Oprah humor. It's very <laughs> Is what? can I can I make an apology before we move on to the next topic? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you should apologize. The state of Maine. I had no idea the Portland Pirates were in the state of Portland, Maine, and not Portland, Oregon. I did not know that. Uh, the the entire history of the AHL team, I thought it was Portland, Oregon. All right, where the Portland is. No, 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 no. We're gonna stay Portland. here. <laughs> Let's stay here, Maine. Knock it off. So stop having cities with the same name as other so cities. On the, on the East Coast, there's no. a Portland where the Portland Pirates play. Guys, guys. I had no idea. Even worse, why is there a Lewiston, Maine, and New York? 
Guys. You're right there. You're both right there. Maine, That's too close to have two Lewiston. Maine <laughs> came first. Portland, Oregon came second. So Maine gets to claim Portland. Yeah, what about Portland, Lewiston? Yeah, because you would have made yeah. the country from And then there's the old Oregon Lewiston Maniacs. Yeah. <laughs> Used to be a, or might still be a QMJHL team. Right? I don't know. Yeah, and it's spelled Lewiston Maine Maniac. like the state. That's it's awful. Funny. It's awful. <laughs> Jonathan Bernier played there, I'm pretty sure. All I, I thought I thought the Portland Pirates were a member of Portlandia. Uh, and and they existed in Oregon, but as the internet, as listeners of the show corrected me, they were in Maine this entire time. How do you so feel about your horrendous would, geography? Jesse? It would not make sense for Seattle to put the re reignite the Portland Pirates because that would be all the way in Maine. So, 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 so Seattle, you're well. Go to Coachella Valley. It makes a lot more sense than Maine. They have. They should. <laughs> no, they should move their team to Portland. The other one mm -hmm. on the West Oregon. Coast and call them the Supersonics. <laughs> no, you can't. Just for fun. You can't. And then Kevin Durant will play goalie. Yo, that'd be <laughs> sick. Would he be good? I don't think so. No, probably not. No. He's tall, though. But he'd be very tall. Would Andre Vasilevsky get mad at him for being taller than him as a goalie? <laughs> he could wear proportional <laughs> equipment and just take up the entire net. Yeah. I, I I've always wanted to see that just a huge person get in goal <laughs> and see if it helps. Do you think there's something comical about the size of my automobile? Yeah, yeah. like I want to see. That. I mean, that's you what know? the NHL scouts have been saying for the last ten years. Wouldn't it be great if this goalie was bigger? And that's what they keep drafting. I don't know. Like how how I don't know. I don't know how you can get away with it. Like what's the actual maximum size of equipment with the biggest like if you put a seven foot two person who weighs like 300 pounds in the biggest equipment does it help is your does your expected goals drop a little i don't know take the largest player in the nfl yeah and give and give them goalie equipment like if you threw an agile offensive lineman in there are you is are you more successful than just a tall skinny dude who's agile see this is again <laughs> brings me back to this is the sort of shit I would spend money on if I were a billionaire. <laughs> yeah, I'd help people, charities, whatever, whatever. But then I would come up with questions and spend money to answer them. Some, yeah, it's space and science and whatever. No, 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 no. Could a large NFL player be an effective professional hockey goalie? That's what I want to know. Don't you? I don't think it doesn't it's matter. It's my money. I'm a billionaire. <laughs> If I want your opinion, I won't ask for it because I won't want it. Fuck you. I'm rich. That's the way to live. Yeah. If you're a, if you're a billionaire, that's the way to live. Yeah. Lots of billionaires are like, oh, and what's your opinion on that? No, no they don't, all of them. They don't yeah, give a shit. No, all of them. Just, they ask the public what they want to do. And yeah. um, <laughs> What was it that Keith Olbermann said on Agent Provocateur about billionaires? Because he was like, yeah, I, I have to, you know, I have relationships with several of these owners who were like, what are they like? And he's like, they have a habit of believing they invented money. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like, a lot of them, and he yeah. says it far more eloquently than I do, but Keith says a lot of them are like, you know, they were at the crossroads of the right place at the right time. Right. And they were able to take advantage of certain situations. Mm. And, and, and he said, but yeah, but then they get to that level and they're like, I really, truly am great. That was a really good episode. If anybody, if anybody hasn't heard that episode of Agent Provocateur, go back and listen to it with Keith Olbermann. It's really good. And Sean Dursey will be on Monday's show, even though I can't spell it. Drewsy. Sean Drewsy. <laughs> he was Drewsy. Make sure to tag the kings. He didn't get a good sleep. He's Drewsy. Uh, you, know, it's, you know what I have to say? We did the interview already, but it's coming out on Monday. Um, we forget, Release it! We forget this, but he wasn't <laughs> drafted in his first year of eligibility. He wasn't. And here's the thing that you might not know. He went. Hmm? He went to that draft. Brutal. Oh! Yeah. So he's going to tell you what that felt like. Oh. Yeah. It was one of the, like, honestly, honestly, oh. there, are, there are a few, like, you know, the NHL, NHL players rightly get the moniker of, man, God. They just don't tell you anything. There's a wall up, right? Sean Dursey, Drewsy, Sean Dursey uh, dropped the whole thing and told us everything. Wow. I don't think you, like, I, I felt like I'd set out to Alan after the show was done. I was like, I feel like I know him now. Yeah. Mm. 
It's it's crazy, and it's going to make you upset that he's not a Leaf. Well, because he's great. He's yeah, great. He's a really it great guy. So it hard. fucking sucks, right? Yeah. So he doesn't does, it. Yeah. He doesn't. He goes to the draft and doesn't get picked. Yeah. Then he does get picked by his boyhood team, the Leafs. He was a huge Leafs fan. Never plays a game for the organization because oh. they trade him. And you know how you know that uh, that famous scene from Moneyball? It's like uh, you've been traded. So is yes. that it? Yep. <laughs> uh, he talks about the moment oh. he picked up the phone uh, with Kyle Dubas uh, and what he thought Kyle Dubas was going to call uh, about. Oh, no. I'm telling you. Uh, it, it will twist you a little bit. Obviously, we're happy to have Jake Muzzin. He's been amazing. Whatever. It was a great trade. But Sean, Sean Jersey is a guy that you're, you're going to cheer for. If you haven't already, mm. you're going to cheer for him after the show. It's awesome. Mm. Just awesome. His, uh, his favorite player growing up was Brian McCabe. Dude was oh. born. Jersey born was, to be a Leaf. He was born to be a Leaf. And it's a fucking shame. Mm-hmm. Congrats on getting an Alan Walsh client. That's a big get. Yeah. <laughs> tough, tough get. How'd you line that up? I don't You know, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. He knew him. I didn't know that he knew him. That's nuts. Yeah, I know. I know. Wow. Uh, this is uh, before we get to our interview here with Eric Young. Yes. Ooh. Friend of the show, Eric Young, who's going to come on and do some promotion, whatever. Yeah. Uh, we got to talk about this. Five years ago yesterday, the Columbus Blue Jackets acquired Artemi Panarin and Tyler Mott for a sixth and, and a sixth round pick uh, from the Blackhawks for Brandon Saad, Anton Forsberg, who's actually good now, mm-hmm. and a fifth round pick in 2018, thereby completing one of the worst modern era trades ever and like most of the players in that trade are good and none of them are with either team yeah and listen everybody's like whenever something good happens to brandon sod i get people tweeting me and they're like see brandon sod's not that bad at no point did i say brandon sod was a bad hockey player i just said he wasn't artemi panarin and blackhawks fans at the time love to tell me about artemi panarin is gonna be a free agent in two years and then what's he going to do? And I said, well, what about the 160, 170, 180 points he's going to score for your team between now and 24 months from now? How about that? Yeah, but that you have to forgive Blackhawks fans because that was at a time where they had reason to believe their team knew what they were doing. That's true. And true. they know better. Now. After 2016, it, uh, 2016, it dropped off. Yeah, hard. it did. It did. It dropped off hard. He was never a part of any of the Blackhawks cup runs, was he? No. So he's right after because he won the Calder. So yeah, that's, that's he a won really the good 2015, point. 2015, wait. 2016 Calder trophy. So right winner. after oh, they won the cup. 2016, you're right. Because McDavid was drafted 2015, sorry. And then 2016 Calder, yeah. Calder Cup, I called it the Calder, Calder Trophy. Award. He was not Calder Cup. A part of that team that couldn't score against the Preds and lost their minds and blew it up. Yeah. That's why that he got traded. Round, right? Yeah. That was the first round. First round, yeah. they got like three goals. Mm-hmm. The Four whole game. series. Yeah. Pecorino, baby. Man. That wasn't even the year the Preds made the finals. <laughs> he, was the, he was one of those famous good year, bad year goaltenders. Uh, Pecorino have a great year and then a terrible year. Uh, Jonathan Quick, great year, terrible year. What was it? No, Ader Berkshire is like Jonathan Quick is good for a month every year. <laughs> yeah, two months every two year. Months every year. Playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> is Pecorino the greatest Nashville Predator of all time? Yes. Uh, yeah. Who's even close? David Legwand. No. 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 Is it Pecorino for sure? Pecorino. There's room for. You got to have Yossi in there. Yossi Weber. I wouldn't put Suter in I wouldn't put Suter in the top five there, I don't think. Yeah, Skill wise he was, but well, he, he wasn't, wasn't even the best guy on his pair for most of his Preds career. What about Shea, Shea Weber is a good pick? Yeah. 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 No, it's gotta be Rena though. It's Rena, yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's get to Eric Young, shall we? 